Sponsored by Expressway. With My Expressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations. Hello, I'm Connor Faulkman and this is Driving Life. Welcome to episode 17, where I meet consumer journalist, finance expert and broadcaster Sinead Ryan. I've known Sinead as a professional contact for years. She's one of those journalists there to keep businesses honest, and she's one of the good ones. I ran into her at the Senior Times exhibition in the RDS, where she'd been giving a talk on finance issues. So we sat down, and she took the time to give me the idiot's guide to investing, inheritance, the fair deal scheme, and a few other bits besides. Do remember to check out previous episodes where I meet people like Frankie Sheehan, Teresa Mannion, Ivan Yates, Paul Williams and others. It's all there on SeniorTimes.ie or wherever you get your podcasts. Just Google Driving Life with Connor Faulkner and you can email me at connorfaulkner at gmail.com. But now let's go and meet Sinead. Sinead Ryan, hello, how are you? Hi Connor, how are you? Nice to be here. Nice to be here on a beautiful sunny afternoon. Um, we're at the Senior Times live uh, exhibition, which is a good bit of fun. We are, and we've real people mm-hmm. with real audiences, real, real audiences, which is fantastic for the first time in over two years. I know, it, it does feel like normal life is back. Mm. I, I was saying off mic to Connor O'Hagan that I was in an RTE studio last Wednesday and I had to do an antigen test on the way in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't mind doing it, but it it already felt out of date. I haven't done an antigen test in ages. I know. Yeah, it's um, it's just been a new way of living, hasn't it? And mm-hmm. having to get new used to new ways of doing things. But look, I mean, hopefully now we're seeing the other side of it, oh, which please. is great. And downstairs here in the RDS, there's a vaccination clinic and I could see a stream of people coming in to get their second booster. And that's great. Yeah. And, and to see real life going on. It is wonderful. Um, so how are you keeping? We probably haven't met in person then because it's been a pandemic. Exactly. We, we, yeah. We've spoken professionally many times over the years. Um, your principal role at that stage, I think, was a consumer journalist. Um, now, I know you diversified a bit from that. But well, still I'm still essentially thing. doing that. I mean, that that's my bailiwick. Mm-hmm. Um, I trained as a financial advisor a million years ago, and that has kind of become my home now. Um, and personal finance, consumer. I mean, you know, there's always a market for for that because the market keeps changing. The rules keep changing. Mm -hmm. Banks leave, they come back, they do stupid things, insurance companies, you know, supermarkets. And there's just so much um, with us all trying to save money at the moment because the cost of living has got so expensive. So um, that happened really quickly. Um, You know, the diesel prices and grocery prices, etc. In my head, there's an imaginary perfect person and this imaginary perfect person always shops around for their insurance regularly to make sure they're on the best broadband package, never overpays for the, always gets good. Are you that person, Shane? I do walk the walk. Uh, now, that doesn't mean that I kind of don't have a, a blip every so often yeah. and just grab a pair of shoes because they look fabulous well, okay. <laughs> and stick so them on credit card. Is that allowed? It's your money buying your shoes. Well, well, as opposed to letting the utility company th- fleece. This is the important thing, Connor. It is about whether it's your money or somebody else's money. Yeah. And credit, which is my bugbear, has become so free and easy uh, these days uh, that those lines are blurred between whose money is it. I'm sure it doesn't matter. I mean, in our in our parents' or grandparents' day, 
you know, that access to credit wasn't there. Nobody had a credit card. You, you couldn't just tap things and buy them. You had to go in and negotiate a bank loan with a manager in a branch, wait three weeks to be told whether you're allowed the money or not, plead your case, and yeah. then you got to spend it. And in most cases, it was tough. Uh, no, save up. So even in some ways, it had to be earned. Uh, you had to earn it even before you could borrow it. Uh, whereas now, and you know, these things come in waves. And, and I think easy credit is is a drug. Um, you can see how it stimulates the economy. You you can you can see some of the good that it does, but it's a drug, and it can do lasting harm to people. And I, I remember these things do come in waves. When I started in college, so I guess you're talking 30, 35 years ago. But there was a flurry at that stage. Access credit cards mm. had arrived, and they were essentially giving students free credit cards. Mm. Uh, and a lot of people went mad on them, and you know came out of it with a loss and a lesson. Um, and we've seen that happen time and time again. And mm. um, uh, so. What's your thought on where we are now? How are the institutions behaving? Well, my my thoughts are really that to some extent it has it has reversed because at today's because of the turret two years we've been through, uh, we have become even better savers than we were before. And Irish people are brilliant savers, okay? Yeah. But the problem is that we don't we we're okay with holding savings on one hand and then having expensive loans on the other hand. Yeah. And an economist would say, that's absolutely crazy. We use one to pay off the other. Yeah. But people aren't economists, and thank, good, thank goodness for that. Yeah. Uh, but an extraordinary statistic, um, there's 143 billion euros in household savings in the country. That's uh, deposit accounts, post offices, state savings, that kind of thing. Not and corporations that's, or that's companies. Cash, that's not the value. No, of no, cash. that's cash on deposit. It, by ordinary families, nothing to do with companies or corporations. That's 143 billion. If you add up all the loans people owe, including mortgages, mm. it's only 110 billion. So we are net savers here. Correct. And we've yeah. been net savers for the last four years. COVID was funny as well, wasn't it? Because the lifestyle changed. We all went to Zoom and, and um, things were different. But many, many people saved. You paid a bit more for electricity and heat, perhaps, but a lot of people saved. Well, people, of course, were in enforced savings yeah. because they had nothing to spend their money on when we were all in lockdown. And then the government supports, which were extremely generous uh, compared to normal social welfare rates, for instance, yeah. um, propped up that now, that said, even since everything's reopened, mm. we are still saving more. Uh, and that's to do with behavioural economics. That's that sense of however bad things are now, they could be worse next year. Yeah. So I want to hang on to my money. I know I have a loan over here which has been charged at 20% or 8% or mm. 10%. My money's earning absolutely nothing. And in fact, it's, exactly it's losing money because of inflation. Yeah. Uh, but... I don't see a dichotomy between having savings here and having a loan here, and most people don't. But what you're actually doing by doing that yeah. is paying the banks to borrow your own money. Yes. Yeah. And Isn't that crazy? Irrationally. I mean, the credit card is the worst place where you can hold debt, but people will run maybe 1000 or 1500 a month mm. on the credit card thinking to themselves, Oh, no, I will get on top of it. I will get on top of it. But, but even 12 months pass. Even, Connor, people who are on top of it, people yeah. who have 2,000 in savings will still run up the same 1,500 in a credit card instead of being their own bank. Yeah. Instead of dipping into their own savings, um, they are happy to spend 20% on a loan 
Uh, and by the way, where does that 20% come from? Because those the banks are borrowing that money for zero. And I mean literally yeah, zero. It's zero. free money from the European Central Bank for the last seven years. So how can they get away with charging 2% on a mortgage and 20% on a credit card? And the answer is because they can, because the demand is there. And even though people have this money put by, mm. uh, in most cases, they will not let go of the credit card. And it's to do with that disconnect. It's an, It's a visceral need to have money under the mattress, metaphorically, yeah. uh, but also have that uh, impulse within mm. us all when we see something to not have to think about dipping into savings to get it, but sure, let's just flash yeah. the plastic. The mark one human being, a, a deeply flawed machine, mm. um, but, one that we, but one that we have to live with. Um, so overall Irish people are in a sense doing well. Now I know not all boats, because I was talking yesterday to um, Gwen Harris from the MABS service. Um, you know, again, fascinating conversation. Some people, it, it, it can really get on top of them and it's good that the likes of MABS are there to help. But on the sunnier side of the equation, there are also plenty of people in Ireland you put out have lots of savings so if you're one of those people if you're looking at you know your nest egg let's say it's hundred thousand euro or something like that and um what do you do with that i mean you you, you don't leave it in the bank you get nothing for it or so people tell you where, where should the canny consumer go with that well the most common question i get asked is where can i keep my money completely safe and get a good return mm. and my answer is pick one or the other Sponsored by Expressway. With My Expressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations. Think you're not smart enough to own a smartphone? Well, think again and think Doro. Doro phones are designed specially with the older person in mind. They're easy to use with louder sound and larger text. Plus numerous state-of-the-art features that don't compromise on performance or quality. To learn more about the full range of high-tech Doro phones, visit doro.ie. Doro phones. Make friends with innovation. If you're enjoying this podcast, why not subscribe to Senior Times? Visit the website at seniortimes.ie and like us on Facebook. So if you need to keep it safe and, and for anything that is needed in the next five to seven years. Yeah. Okay, so that's next year's holiday, maybe saving for a new car, putting the kids through college. Anything that's needed in that time frame can only be kept in a liquid asset. Yeah. Uh, now, you can buy uh, uh, deposit accounts which have a 30-day notice or a seven-day notice. You'll get a marginally extra amount for that. Probably the best place for liquid cash is state savings. Yeah. So okay. that's sold by the NTMA through yes. on post. Mm -hmm. And there are three to 10 year certs and bonds. Yeah. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years. And you buy those. Uh, and the reason that I would marginally favor that over keeping it in a mm -hmm. bank on cash where it's earning nothing is because the, the government, for whatever reason, has decided it is continuing to pay interest on these. Now, what you, no, hardly anything, but, but they shouldn't really be paying anything. I mean, this is taxpayers' money. Yeah. And the purpose, when you buy a, a certificate or a bond from the post office, what you're effectively doing is lending the government your money. Yeah. Now, the government doesn't want your money. <laughs> the government wants you to spend your money, doesn't want you to give it to them because they're getting it for nothing yeah. elsewhere. So why pay interest? Why encourage people at all? But they do. Okay. And it's like a social contract. And therefore, if you put it in there, it's 100% guaranteed. Yeah. Uh, it's completely safe. 
You won't make much money on it, but whatever you do make is tax-free. And to be fair to the Irish government, the Irish government did not default on its bonds during the fiscal crisis. No, and it won't do so now. And it won't do so. And it's also backed up by the European Central Bank now as under the deposit guarantee scheme. So So that's a a good place. It's as safe as... We we wouldn't say safe as houses anymore now, (laughs) of course, that that doesn't work so well. It's as safe as safe can be. Mm. Um, And and that, that is great. Now, even if you take the money out, even if you break the contract... Yes, there. Okay. The worst that's going to happen is you just don't get your interest. So, so that's the same as the bank. Yeah. So keeping it liquid, uh, that would be my recommendation. Uh, for anything okay. over about eight years, okay. so if something you don't quite have, need now. Uh, you know, if you're lucky enough to, to, to be confident that here's a chunk of money that I definitely won't exactly. Eight, exactly. I, I, I talk to me about that when I'm retiring or whatever. Exactly. And also, but if you've got, say, very small children and you're thinking about putting money away for their college fees, right. there's no point in keeping that in a deposit account in the bank. It's not yeah. going to work for you. And you do need uh, to take then a certain measured risk with that money and invest it. And if you do so over the 8 to 10 to 15 to 20 years, you will absolutely get a better return than yeah. keeping it in cash. Equities have outperformed every single asset class forever. Yeah, that's extraordinary because that is true, isn't it? And it does go in it does go in cycles. You can get into equities and lose. But in the long run, uh, it's performed better than gold. Yeah, and it always will. And, and people speculate and they wonder what stock should I go into and where are the shares? Now, unless you're in that market, unless that's your hobby, yeah. uh, the best thing to do is ha- take a, a financial advice from an independent financial planner or broker and look for a diversified, preferably a global diversified yeah. fund because Ireland is too small. The equity market is tiny yes. uh, and you don't want to put all your eggs in the Irish basket. Uh, so placing it in stocks and bonds throughout the world linked to indices, you can do that. It's not difficult to do. Mm. Um, and then a certain amount is held in cash, certain amount is held in bonds and it manages out that fund. Uh, that will always outperform yeah. cash. Very good. Um, so I, I'll, I'll have to dig the communion money out of the mattress then and, uh, and, and see what we can do with it. Um, so what type of stories do people come to you with, Sinead? We're, we're, we're meeting the public today and um, I, your, your sessions are terrific and loads and loads of people want to talk to you. What, what sort of advice are you being asked for? Well, I love doing the Senior Times um, Expo because you meet so many fascinating people with their own stories mm. to tell. Uh, and they've reached that stage in their life when they have stories. And yeah, yeah. it's really interesting and they have lives and stuff has happened to them that's been good and been not so good. And they've navigated their way through uh, to arrive here yeah, kind yeah. of successfully, you know. So you have to admire that. Uh, my talk, um, I, there's some very... Um, a kind of fun exhibitions here. Mine wouldn't be wouldn't be <laughs> considered under the fun category. But we are talking about. Um, the organisers said to me, uh, "Look, talk about whatever you think people will be interested in." And the questions I get asked into my Irish Independent columns, I think probably more than any other, are about inheritance tax okay. and the fair deal scheme. Both of which exercise people at this stage in their life, yeah. uh, and both of which um, cost an enormous amount of money. And this is money that people have saved up through life. Yeah. You know, um, maybe it's in their in their homes, it's in equity, it's that in savings. Had, Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And now suddenly, um, there, it has to be utilised to pay for all of this stuff. Okay. So, so those two things. Uh, I think firstly on inheritance. I think fairly typical experience, particularly if people get on in life. Um, you know, some of my estate is going to pass to my children. 
Um, what what do I do if 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 you, if you do nothing? What happens tax-wise? Okay, well, before all that, the most important thing anybody can do, and I've stressed it ad nauseum at mm. these talks, is to make a will. The, the law has no regard to what you're feeling, yeah. what you'd like to happen, who said what to who over dinner in 1974 mm. about who would get the land, right? It doesn't care. It only cares about what was written down and witnessed. Yeah. So making a will distributes your assets in the way you want them to. If you don't do that, then a judge in a courtroom you've never met will make the decision for you. Wow. And you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm sure there's loads and loads of people that we say it all the time, must make a will, must make a will. It's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like for the amount of money involved, for the simplest of wills, you're looking at somewhere between 150 and 300 euros. Now, unless you've got offshore accounts in Belize and corporations <laughs> across the world, most wills are... I leave my stuff to my husband, my husband leaves my stuff to me, and thereafter we leave it to our kids. Now, even writing that down and having it witnessed in a will means that nobody is going to come out of the woodwork. I mean, I always say where there's a will, there's a relative. (laughs) And when there's no will, there's more relatives. Uh, People will be clear. It'll be, you know, obvious what's going to happen. Uh, People are under an awful lot of mistaken beliefs about wills. First Mm. of all, is that... uh, it, stuff automatically moves, assets automatically move to a, to a spouse yeah, when somebody I think that's dies. A lot of people would assume yeah, that, and, yeah, and that's not the case. It, it's it's the case where you will it to be so. Now yeah. you can't write your spouse out of a will, but they're not entitled to everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, children are entitled to nothing at all. <laughs> so yeah. that's so another myth. Era law whereby if a person died in test stage, the ch- spouse got two thirds. So at the moment, it depends whether they've children or not. So yeah. a spouse always has what's called a legal right share. Yeah. So that's a right to a portion of the estate, either a third or a half, depending on whether there's children or not. Yeah. But. Life has moved on, Connor. We're in 2022 now. There's all kinds of families yeah. and blended families and forced families and former families and current families and children and stepchildren and all of that thing. If that's not made provision for, I mean, a judge will do it eventually. But, but my goodness, isn't it most, you, and you are, and, and the, then the people who benefit from that won't be your kids, it'll be the lawyers. It'll be the lawyers. And I'm sure the Law Society has a charity you can contribute if you so uh, wish, but this shouldn't be the way you do well, it. No, don't bring up golf games again. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so you should make a will. Uh, if you do that, from the kid's point of view, let's say, you know, here, here, here's a hundred grand that Mammy left me. Um, do you get the hundred grand or what is old Is it different uh, if it's mammy or granny? So it, it is different. So the relationship that you have to the disponer, the donor, yeah. is, is the important thing here. And revenue recognises three classes of people mm-hmm. who are left money. Cla- Group A are children. Okay. That's it. That's all that's in that class. And they can be left up to 335,000 euros free of tax. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the second group is uh, lineal descendants. So what they mean by that are grandchildren, nieces and nephews, brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles. Now there's a huge drop here. So they can only be left 32 and a half thousand before they have to pay tax. So that's a massive change. Uh, And then group C is everybody else. Right, and including the cats and dogs home. Well, absolutely. Any, anything you like, you can leave anything to charity. But I mean, it could be your best friend, it could be your neighbour, it could be a godchild you're not related to. They yeah. can receive up to 16,250 
24 paying tax. And then north of that, it's about capital acquisitions. So tax. capital acquisitions tax is 33%. But um, it, it's important to remember that capital acquisitions tax covers gifts and inheritances. It's exactly the same okay. and it's cumulative throughout life and after death. So Mammy cannot leave you 335000 in death if she's already gifted you Understood. money. It's added up. Uh, and this is important because we do get a lot of queries, mainly it has to be said from adult children, who mm. suggest that it might be a great idea and tax efficient if mammy gifted them stuff now, <laughs> rather than waiting. You see, this is what uh, brings and that's not to true. that I should just go bungee jumping in my 90s and spend the whole, <laughs> you know, any little bit that's left we'll spend. Um, okay, so the, the real take out there is make a will, because we do sort of put it off. Make a will and then spread the love, because... Um, the inheritance tax laws are hugely discriminatory mm. against Dubliners and uh, only children. Dublin, why? Because property? Because of property. Okay. So um, if you are an only, let's say you have an estate worth a million euros, and that wouldn't be beyond the bounds of possibility. You buy a house in Dublin, yeah, yeah. money in the bank, a pension fund, and an approved pension fund, and, and jewellery, or whatever it is. Everything's added up. Revenue don't care where the money comes from. Yeah. So everything's added up. So you have an estate of a million. Now, if you have four children, you can divvy that out, and nobody pays any tax. Yeah. If you have one child... The tax bill is two hundred and twenty thousand euros for the same right, estate. Right, because that one individual can't benefit. Exactly. Children. Now, of course, their arg- their argument is, well, they're getting it all. And so, you. Know, but very often, I've seen time and time again that the house has to be the very house they were left has to be sold to pay the tax. Yeah, which is a, a, a tragic consequence, really, isn't it? And um, okay, so there are thorns there, and you might say that somebody, you know, tr- receiving a million euro is a high quality problem to have, uh, and perhaps some of it legitimately taxable. But I think thinking ahead is key. So, so the other one then that that everybody talks about is fair deal scheme. Mm. And conceptually, this was like Mary Harney's initiative. It was to be universally eleven raised. years ago. Uh, years super ago. idea. I'm a I'm a huge fan of it. Uh, I think it's a very good idea because what went before uh, meant that only wealthy people could afford nursing home care of a high quality. And since the Fair Deal scheme, everybody can reside in the nursing home of their choice, uh, irrespective of cost. Uh, and then they make a financial contribution yeah. towards that. And, and, and conceptually, and you'll tell me whether the detail, but conceptually what happens is uh, I, I move into a nursing home. Uh, the, the property that I own, um, eventually, when I die, the, that property is sold to pay the bill? Not so, necessarily. Uh, no, you can pay the bill as you go. You pay the bill as yeah. and, and am I right in saying that it's capped at half the value of the property? It's not even that. It's very generous. Um, so what happens is there's two contributions made. The first contribution is based on your income. Mm-hmm. So 80% of your income is taken to pay for nursing home and care. That might just be your That's your pension, pension. exactly. anything else that you have. Yeah. Um, and, and it's halved if, if you've still got a spouse at home. So 80% of your income is taken every year at source, so it's just deducted. Yeah. Uh, 7.5% of all your assets are taken every year. They're and billed. And that's where your savings come in. So if you've got that, say, your nest egg... Money in the bank, uh, it could be a second property, it could be the family home, it could be a business, it could be share, a, a pension fund. So 7.5% is billed to the family. Okay. Now, the family... Can pay the bill. Yes. Yeah. So all your assets are added up. So so your assets are worth a million euros, uh, and they send you a bill then for seven and a half percent of that every single year. So the family has a couple of choices. They can pay the bill, and most people do. 
Okay. So they run down savings or they run out assets so until they really pay it. Simple, probably too simple model. Let's say the only asset is the house mm. and the non-contributory state pension. There yeah. really is nothing else. Yeah. So I call though, so the, the, the people that Fair Deal is ideally made for are what I call ninja pensioners, okay. right? No income, no job or assets. Okay, Perfect. it's a no-brainer. Yeah. It's a fantastic idea. Yeah. They'll spend 80% of their state pension, give it back to the government, and they get everything for free after that. It's fantastic. And if the house is worth, say, 300000 does does somebody have to pay 7% of that every year? Every year. Uh, for three years. Ninja, where does that come from? Does it it doesn't. So the state tops up. Okay. So that's why it's brilliant for people who have no assets whatsoever and they're on the uppers because they are the very people who couldn't have afforded a nursing home in the past and now the state covers it for them. Yeah. So, which is wonderful. Which is, it is fantastic. It's absolutely brilliant. And if, indeed, it's costing the taxpayer a billion euros a year to prop it up. Because remember, the state has to wait for the money to come to them yeah, okay. in most cases. Uh, and we don't know how long they'll be waiting for it. Uh, and the person then gets the nursing home of their choice while they're waiting. So 80% of your income, 7.5% per annum of all your assets, uh, except for the family home, which stops after three years. So the most that'll ever okay. be taken is 22.5% of the value of the family Very home. Very good, okay. I thought it was half. I was wrong about that, obviously. Um, uh, and it, it's clearly, it's clearly popular if you get so many queries about it. It is because people get confused over it about how it works of necessity. It's a complex piece of kit yeah. and there's a lot of legalese in it. There's a lot of numbers in it and it can be confusing. For many of us, it just makes the eyes glaze over. Yeah. In, fact, in, your, in yeah. your day job, it's the fact that the Mark 1 human being's eyes glaze over when these things are mentioned. Yeah, and, uh, and remember, the space in which they can make money off you. When a family <laughs> is talking about fair deal, mm. they have a loved one who is very ill. Yeah. Possibly in hospital. 50% of admissions come from acute hospitals. Okay. They're already in distress. They've no idea, you know, where this is going to go. They know a doctor has told them this person needs a nursing home and now they have to sit down and face this for the very first time. Yeah. So it's not something that you are taught in school or that you expect to hear in your 20s or 30s. And this is where, so they have to get across it really, really quickly and that can be difficult. Yeah, very good. Um, okay, so elsewhere in the landscape, Sinead, how, how, how is the day job? I mean, I, I hear you on News Talk these days doing the... News Talk, yeah, is super because uh, we started up the home show, which, yeah. which goes out on a Saturday morning, uh, three years ago. Mm. And I find it hard really? to believe it's three years. Wow. And it has been super because I'm learning so much. So I get to interview top designers, architects, uh, people who are trying to make our cities better, our, our social architecture better, um, having fun with colour and texture and art. It's absolutely fantastic and I've learned so much from doing it. So it's been really enjoyable, I must yeah. say. Well, I mean, that comes across and, I, and I've heard bits of it. You, you and I have kind of, I think, joked previously because, as I say, we've been in contact with each other for ages and I used to very much enjoy dealing with you and your independent hat on when I was the AA guy, because I think you were always very fair to us. And um, so we, we, we enjoyed coming to your attention and having you cover the stuff. Um, but we, if you and I were to have a conversation about sport, for example, you would just be, you know, forget about it. If you were to ask me about royalty, <laughs> just forget, forget about it. 
Um, but the whole show, it really, I think, has struck a little uh, chord out there, hasn't it? I mean, loads and loads of people really It has, it. and it's it's really enjoyed by that Saturday morning audience. People look, at they're at the walk their dog, or they're having a cup of coffee, or they're still in bed, and that's perfect for me. Yeah. I'm happy to be with them uh, <laughs> and talking about things that to some extent are a little bit of a respite from the world and, mm. and from all the news programmes. News talk is a news programme. You're going to hear the hard stuff on Pat Kenny. You're yeah. going to hear it on, on uh, the hard shoulder. You're going to hear it on Lunchtime Live. And, and it's all there for you. But my show is really just, let's take a breather. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about something that doesn't have to do with the price of petrol or oh, a war or other things that are very important and more important. Yeah. But... Uh, it doesn't have to be 24-7. Yeah. Uh, and there are other things going on in the world. As there well. are. And we, there have to be ways in which we can live life with a smile on our face and, uh, and enjoy it. Um, well, listen, Sinead, thanks a million. Um, thoroughly enjoyed catching up with you. I am sure we'll talk again on various things. Um, Indeed. You know, I, I still have half a consumer hat on. And of course, I still have... Uh, <laughs> The, the day job in the Indo, um, and you never know you might you might be talking to me on News Talk for my for my insights into interior design. Well, um, we'd be delighted you to have you. What you think about the Leinster rugby team while we're at it? So. Well, it'll probably be Munster if I'm going to be talking to you about any rugby team. It'll be Munster, um, but uh, yes, we could talk about car interiors maybe and whether yeah. leather and uh, walnut are the better yeah. options. Or or back. Retro sheet. Um, listen, Sinead, thank you very much. Thanks, Connor. So there's Sinead Ryan, hard at work on the day job. You can read her columns in the Irish Independent and you'll catch her regularly on News Talk and other outlets as well. Do remember to check out previous episodes where I meet people like George Hook, Brian O'Donovan, Henry McKean, Frankie Sheehan, Geraldine Herbert and others. It's all there on seniortimes.ie or wherever you get your podcasts. Just Google Driving Life with Connor Faulkner or email me at connorfaulkner at gmail.com. Until next time, drive safely, live happily, and come back and see us again. Sponsored by Expressway. With My Expressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations.